I'm Lonnie Diane Rich, and this is How Story Works. Hey, everyone. I'm going to start off by apologizing for slightly misleading you at the end of last week's show when I said that the structure for Easy A was atypical. I did that for a reason. I wanted you all to engage with this movie without expecting everything to land neatly along the lines of typical structure. We have a main character who lays out what seems to be a five-act structure, and I wanted you guys to think critically about that, to not make assumptions about how the structure falls together. One of the things that we naturally do as humans is find a pattern and stick with it. We do this because it's a trait that has helped us survive throughout the millennia. If you can observe a pattern and predict when the game you are hunting is going to be out and about, you can ambush that game, eat another meal, and live another day. Patterns are survival, and the reason humans have lasted as long as we have is because we like patterns. So we have a pattern now. Three acts, seven anchor scenes. Countable, measurable, we can put our backs up against it. But as I've said before, and will say again, that's just one pattern that works. And I wanted you guys to be on your toes looking for other patterns. But I misled you. This is a typical three-act structure with almost perfectly placed anchor scenes. Sorry, I just didn't want you getting too comfortable. And I didn't want you getting into a place that can happen when someone teaches you something. You want to predict what they want from you. You want to get it right. You want to make the teacher happy. You want a gold star. At least I'm like that. I don't know about you. But if you know that what I want from you is not to please me, but to engage and struggle with each story until you wrestle it to the ground and understand it, then you'll be less likely to fall into the patterns that I lay out for you and more likely to be willing to challenge me and disagree with me. Remember, this isn't about getting the right answers. It's about how you train your mind to look for the right answers. And I also want to stress the fact, again, that three-act, seven-acre scene structure is only one structure. It works, it's classic, it's ubiquitous. That's why we're studying it. But ubiquity doesn't mean it's the only structure that will ever work, that will ever apply to the stories you're going to engage with. There are limitless other structures that are just as valid as our three-act, seven-anchor scene structure. And in order to see them, you have to resist falling into comfortable pattern mode. You have to be ready to see what's there, not necessarily to see only what you're expecting. So my apologies for messing with you. I just wanted you on your toes. Easy A came out in 2010 and was the debut script from the writer Bert V. Royal. Royal has gone on to do other projects, none of which I've seen, but I think he's someone worth keeping an eye on. Easy A is complicated and interesting and nicely composed. There's some real talent here, and I'll be hunting down his other projects to see what else he's doing. All right, it's time to put on our analytical caps and grapple with Easy A, which is actually not that easy when it comes to figuring out how the narrative elements work. Where Easy A is atypical, at least in the string of films that we've been studying for this section, is not in the structure, but in the central narrative conflict. So far, all of our movies have had external central narrative conflicts. Rapunzel versus Mother Gothel, Kathy versus Jessup, Hildy versus Walter. This week, we have an internal conflict. It's Olive versus Olive. 
If you struggled with either the central narrative conflict or the structure of Easy A, do not be discouraged. This is not an easy movie to suss out, and I deliberately chose to go with this challenge at this point in the study because it's important that we not get so used to patterns that we close ourselves off to seeing what's really there. Internal conflicts can sometimes be hard to spot and hard to follow. There will be external conflicts afoot as well, and those are so much easier to spot. Anyone who picked Rhiannon or Marianne as Olive's antagonist would have some firm textual ground to stand on. And if you guys still think that's the right choice when I'm done here, I'd love to hear your arguments. Go to chipperish.com forum and put them in the board for this episode. But my argument is that this is an internal conflict within Olive who wants two things which, as stated by the movie, are absolutely mutually exclusive. She wants to be kind and she wants to be honest. And I want to take a moment to sit with this. She wants to be kind and she wants to be honest. These are two good things. If you ever want to truly torment a character, and if you're a writer, you absolutely want to do that, then you can force her to choose between two bad options or force her to choose between two good ones. That's great internal conflict, whether it's the central narrative conflict or not. So here we are with our central narrative conflict. In the beginning, the kind part of Olive, the part that lies, wins out easily. It is only as we move forward that her lies create problems for her. Her desire to be honest about herself and her choices gets constantly challenged in the face of the vulnerabilities of others, which is her downfall, her own personal kryptonite. And when we get to advanced criticism, we are going to talk about the idea that kindness and honesty in this world are incontrovertibly at odds with each other. There's some really interesting, crunchy discussion to be had there, but this is sadly not the time for that discussion. So, structure. We have kind Olive versus honest Olive, and we start right off with that conflict when Olive first lies to Rhiannon to get out of spending time with Rhiannon's crazy parents. Olive says she has a date, her first lie, a tiny white lie done out of kindness and compassion for her best friend who, one might note, shows almost no kindness or compassion for Olive throughout this entire story. Our inciting incident, the lie about having a date that weekend, this is where it starts. Then it escalates when Olive doesn't correct Rhiannon when she assumes that Olive had sex, and Olive runs with it, kind of having fun with the lie. Marianne overhears, and everything goes from there. We have our escalations. This movie, by the way, is an excellent example of things getting worse in between anchor scenes. Writers, this is the kind of escalation you want, that constant uptick of things getting worse. We move through until we get to our second anchor scene, when Brandon shows up at Olive's house and asks her to pretend to have sex with him so that people will stop bullying him. At first, she refuses, but when he cries, when he is vulnerable, she breaks and agrees, making the active choice that shoots us into Act 2. And this changes her relationship with the conflict, because in Act 1, she told a lie to one person, and that was it. That escalated on its own. That got out of her control. Here, she is making an active choice to dive into the lie publicly. That changes that relationship with the conflict, moving us into the next act. 
After she makes a big scene with Brandon at the party, she gets a call from Rhiannon, who calls her a dirty skank, and they fight, which leads us into the midpoint reversal. Olive embraces her new identity and decides to play up to her reputation. This is when she lies, not for the purpose of being kind, but in retaliation, as a response to the treatment she got for trying to be kind. Things continue to get worse with the rumors escalating and she continues to lie for more and more boys. They don't even have to be that vulnerable anymore. She's losing her connection with Honest Olive and becoming someone else. Then, when Micah tells everyone that he got chlamydia from Olive, she talks to Mrs. Griffith and discovers that it was Mrs. Griffith who was having an affair with Micah. It was she who gave him chlamydia. Here we get our next act turn when Mrs. Griffith freaks out and is say it with me now, vulnerable. And Olive makes the active choice to tell everyone that she gave Micah chlamydia. This is our no way out but through. When Olive makes this choice, the consequences become so serious that there is no backing away from it. Rhiannon joins the side of the religious, and we see Olive start to spiral out. She looks to the Bible, to confession, to the pastor who turns out to be Marianne's father, and she can't find answers about what the right thing is to do. Then Anson asks her out on a date, and he sexually assaults her, demanding real sex for money, and she escapes to Todd, who drives her home while she cries. By the way, if you've noticed that Honest Olive really only exists in the moments with Todd, you get a gold star. He is her access to her honest self because he is the original kind lie that Olive told, and he knows who she is. He knows the real Olive, and he gives honest Olive, who has been taking a beating in the course of this story, space to exist and space to breathe. All of these scenes are contributing to the dark moment, but I think her rock bottom is after Mrs. Griffith refuses to tell the truth, and Olive rushes to Mr. Griffith and tells him the truth about his wife sleeping with Micah. And here she makes the very telling statement. I don't feel bad for lying for your wife, but I hate myself for telling you the truth. <laughs> Again, we got to put that discussion off until we get to advanced criticism, but that's some really interesting stuff happening there. All right. The dark moment is followed up by the climax, which is something we've been seeing in action since the beginning. The climax is Honest Olive triumphing over Kind Olive as she tells the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but. And then we get our resolution scenes, which show the good ending well and the bad ending badly. Evan, who was a real turd to Olive, almost gets beat up. Brandon, who was truly vulnerable, escapes with his boyfriend and has a new life. Mr. Griffith ignores Mrs. Griffith. Olive gets her John Hughes ending with Todd, and everyone gets the ending they deserve. Except Rhiannon, who gets an apology text from Olive. Rhiannon does not deserve an apology. She's awful. But she is the best friend for reasons that defy all understanding. And while Olive should have just written her off, she didn't. An interesting choice and one that I will admit, I still don't get. Maybe I'll have that figured out when we get to EZA in advanced criticism. I don't know, but I might need you guys to help me sort that one out. Okay, so that's EZA, which was not easy at all. If you struggled with this one, don't let it get you down. This stuff is hard. I have been studying narrative theory for years, and I still had to take a few runs at this movie before I figured it out. I wanted so badly for it to be a five-act story, to line up perfectly with the parts of the narrative, the way that Olive lays them out. But when I went into it, I couldn't help it. The three-act, seven-anchor scene structure was just there perfectly. If you had something different, please share it on the forum. Again, that's chipperish.com slash forum. I really want to hear what you guys saw. 
Next week, we're finishing up our structure movie analysis with Dodgeball. There are, of course, some atypical complications in that story as well, and you can trust me on that one, but it's a bit more straightforward than Easy A was, if that helps you at all. And for a hint, the complications come with the protagonist. If you have questions about how story works, call 302-643-CHIP. That's 302-643-2447 and leave a message. Or you can email me at Lonnie at Chipperish.com or contact me on Twitter with your questions using the hashtag HowStoryWorks. How Story Works is a free college-level course in narrative theory and is entirely supported by listener donations. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help keep it in production and gain access to exclusive chipperish content and a community of amazing, smart people. Over on the Patreon page, you get access to our Discord channel, and there is fantastic discussion going on there about all of the shows that Chipperish produces, but also about How Story Works. Visit patreon.com chipperish for more information. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.